Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat of their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. In the modern era, there seems to be an uprising in the subject of leadership and what it means to be and act as a leader. Since the dawn of time, it has been leaders that have been able to not only guide others in how to live a fulfilling life, but also become friends with the shadow aspect of themselves, such as their fear. These leaders recognize that rather than run away from fear or try to ignore it, the best way out of it was to move directly through it. Today's guest on the show is a man who is the embodiment of what leadership looks, feels, and acts like. He has been practicing his role in being a leader since he was 12 years old, where he signed up for a leadership camp in the Rocky Mountains of New Mexico that had him climbing mountains and making friends with his fear, which would both come in very handy as his life continued into entrepreneurship and starting a family. Currently, his main passion in life, aside from his family, is his four-day mountain skills and leadership immersion event called Fit for Adventure. Within this event, he guides others in the ability to wake up the leader archetype living within them and allow them to create the lives of their dreams, as he learned to do for himself throughout his journey into the idea of leadership. For the last 20 years, he has found deep fulfillment in connecting people to their purpose through adventure, and trust me when I say that this episode will surely light up your zest for adventure, spark your curiosity into expanding what you believe is possible for you in your life, and energize you with the inspiration necessary to achieve these things and more. So please help me in welcoming my man Matthew Gallo to the show. Matt, what's up, bro? Dude, where where did you learn how to write? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know it's a funny thing, man. We were just talking about human design and how I'm a projector, but I yeah. do love writing as well as speaking. It's something that really came out a lot when I started podcasting. You know, in school, I never really enjoyed writing like more. Like I would, yeah, I would do enough to get a good grade, but it was more like a thing I had to do. And now I get to do it because it's something that's connected to something mm-hmm. I love. But thank you for that reflection. <laughs> yeah, and that's so it's so cool because man, we've had a bunch of conversations and you we've gotten to know each other a little bit and and yeah, you can uh read a bio or you can speak in I felt heard, you know? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um and that's a really valuable skill and yeah, as as a projector myself, um I've noticed like you it, it occurs in different ways. Talking is one aspect. We're just letting our thoughts go, you know, letting yes. it out and writing, speaking, drawing, playing, whatever it takes. Well, you know, it's funny, man, because as projectors, you know, our biggest thing in life is connection, <laughs> collaboration and unity, right? So like when I was watching the show that I was talking about the other night and for the listeners, we Matt and I were talking about um, human design a lot and one of the things that I was talking about was this episode on one of my favorite shows on Gaia called Open Minds, where this guy Dirk was talking about, he's like a professional in human design. I don't know what the right terminology is, but he's a pro at it. And he was talking about it. And he was saying that like projectors favorite thing is to meet someone and go, dude, I know who you need to meet. You need to meet this person. And then hearing like, dude, I met this person. We hit it off. And it's like, yes. And then like, knowing that they have a mission, meeting someone Mm. else and being like, we can join forces and make this bigger and make an impact, you know? And like, so it makes total sense why you'd love feeling heard and feeling seen, right? Because it's that collaborative uh, effort that projectors run on. 
Yeah, that, that's a that's a really cool way of explaining it because it's something that I felt in myself and noticed when I you know look back over my the last ten or so years, especially as an entrepreneur, um, in different ty- areas of business, is what I where I felt I could deliver the most value is in the the providing of opportunity. And, and because I have the ability to zoom out and look around and say, oh, you definitely, you and you got to work together. <laughs> I've done that so many times, man. And it, oh, it's great. It's really great to hear, hear that from people like, hey, hey, that person you told me about. Yeah, we're best friends. Now. Yes. <laughs> or, hey, we're starting a business together. Like, that's been yes. so cool, man. It's like, it's validating too, right? Because we are ourselves. And so a lot of times, even when we're in self-development, like we both are, right? We learn about this stuff, but still there's part of us, I imagine for you too, that thinks, ah, this is just like, I don't know. I've never really noticed that about me or I've noticed it, but I just thought it was, I don't know, it was something everyone had. And so when someone can speak to these archetypes, right? Which is really what I think human design is based off of in some sort of way is these archetypes and they can describe you. And all of a sudden you realize, whoa, they get me. And whoa, there are other people like me. That's cool. Now I have more people to share these with. And it's so fascinating, man. You know, those times you can feel validated, seen, heard in your life are so special. Validation is such a uh, taboo thing, man. And and lately I've been looking for it more often. Whereas in the past, I've, I've definitely held from looking for validation because I thought it's, it's, low energy or low uh, vibration, right? Low level to be seeking val- validation. Mm-hmm. Um, except I started to notice, and this is through the ask through like the lens of celebrating the shit that I've accomplished, celebrating wins. I realized that these little micro senses of validation or experiences without being validated, give you a launch pad to the next thing. It's like observing some a ball just bouncing upstairs. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Eventually you're going to get to the next level, literally the next level. And, and it takes some self assessment and acknowledgement and encouragement too. like, yeah, you, this is okay. You can give yourself permission to feel validated. Oh yeah. Plus, I think it feels good. <laughs> yeah. I think it's part of human nature. You know, I think people attach onto these words like, trauma or validation or surrender, any of these terms, and they take someone else's meaning of it, forgetting that they are the creator of their own reality. And if they choose to see the term validation as something that is useful in their life, then they can create that reality in which validation is useful or surrender is a word they like, right? And so I think it's like one of the things that I love diving into is like, hey, being in the language like we both are, right? I understand that words have power, yet they're not objectively powerful as much as it's the subjectiveness that we put into them that makes them the power they have. And so for Mm. me, validation is just something else having a shared experience of me, right? In some way, shape or form, someone's sharing with me like you did, like, wow, you're good at writing. It's like, oh, thanks. Because now I'm like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I didn't realize that. Like, I mean, I've had levels of it, but like every time I hear it, I realized like, oh, wow, I wonder what else I could do with this writing thing. Like, I wonder if there's areas of my creativity I've yet to explore and, you know, um, you know, exhume, if you will. Right. And mm-hmm. so it allows us to, in a lot of ways, start seeing the parts of ourselves that are we probably wouldn't notice otherwise. And so I love the word validation. I'm like, validate me all day. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't need it, but I welcome it. You know, it's like there's a difference there, you know. 
Oh, that's a good way of framing it and mm-hmm. thinking about it is the the needing versus receiving. And um, and when we begin to crave the desire for it, then what's what ends up becoming missed along the way is the lesson you learn from it or the um, the understanding of, okay, what did I actually do to receive this? Because that's really valuable. And, and for a long time, and I, I used to play the victim all the time. I was king of the, the victim mentality, man. <laughs> and, and I would relinquish this um, validation, acknowledgement, choose not to accept it. Right. And say something like, Oh, you don't really mean that. <laughs> or, <laughs> there's no way they really think I'm that good or something like that. And it held me, I held myself back in this way so much because of my inability to recognize my own ability, my yeah. own skill set, my own um, expression. And, and I teach this in my leadership training now as art. Uh, leadership is the version of art that we can express and and while there are skills and tool sets, like everyone knows how to hold a pencil, but it takes an artist to, you know, put the right words in the right order um, that tells a, a story that elicits an emotion that can guide a nation. If that, this is how it works. And, um, and many of us are cursed with the inability to see the art. They only see the tools and the rules. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, man, because, you know, uh, this is something I've been exploring a lot because a lot of times we think of art as like painting or like music, right? But every single thing can be looked at as art because it's our innate creative nature to be creative as human beings. I mean, anytime a word leaves our mouth, we could say a word like word, we could say it like word, we could put all different (laughs) contexts and, you know, inflection tones on it. And the way we move our bodies, right? The way that I get up and walk to the bathroom is different every time. That's creative in nature, right? And so, you know, it sounds a little esoteric, but it's really not. And this is one of the things that for me, you know, tapping into imagination has been able to show me, right? As a kid, I knew these things and then I forgot them for a little while. And then getting into plant medicines, a lot of the stuff came back. And, you know, it's interesting because now I look at every single act of my day as, a, as creative in nature. And and I, I look at more of it as a process, not an outcome. Maybe some days I'm stumbling mm-hmm. over my words a little bit more in a podcast versus yeah. like, you know, rather than saying, oh, that was a bad art form or that was a bad podcast day or things like that. I go, oh, what did I learn about that? Right. Because again, in a painting, right. If you mess up, you learn something. If you can do that with painting, why can't you do it with mm-hmm. anything that's creative in nature? And so I love that, man. It's really powerful. I love the, the, the comparison and, and. I love the comparison of art to different paths of like expression. And I remember being tested when I was young, like, and I took an IQ test or I was, I was reading a question on, on an IQ test. And I, and one of the questions was, you know, what is the similarity between uh, a poet and a painter or something about something in relation to that or a poet and uh, and a, and a journalist something like that. And so my brain went right, right to, Oh, well, they're both artists. And that was, that would be like the best answer, right? Because now you're able to think in terms of relationships to, from person to person, um, from decision to decision. 
and and you can understand and you can see how things in, are intertwine and interconnect. And I imagine that's a a trait of of projectors as well. And it's also a trait <laughs> of what we what we you know it's a that's a skill you can develop too is being able to have this um, practice and eventually uh, like autonomic thing, autonomic response of questioning in a different way or looking for a, an answer that's outside of the box. And it's a really fascinating ability. Um, and that's how you develop your art because hey, you layer in your personality and then yes. it becomes uh, yours, right? Absolutely. Because your personality is your personal reality. And so like <laughs> yeah. a lot of times we think that like, you know, or I won't say we, a lot of times I am like a more personal. I thought for a long time that like, oh, we all live in the same world. And yes, while technically we might be in the same planet, we all have different realities within that planet. And so being able to put your own zest into it, right, allows you to be able to ex experience your life as art. And one of the mm -hmm. things that's fascinating to me is that I see art and adventure being synonymous in a way because art is an adventure and adventure is art in a lot of ways. And I know something that you specialize in is the yeah. art of adventure, right? <laughs> and so I'm curious for you, like, this is going to be a big question, but I'm curious what you would say and take it wherever you want. But like, what role has adventure played in your life as you would describe it? <laughs> like I said, big question, take it wherever you Dude, want to take it. <laughs> uh, and you know what? Because <laughs> I've been, I have my, my podcast, um, Mind, Heart, Muscle, and I'm, I'm in the middle of recording a series right now within like within the regular structure of the podcast i'm i just decided well i'm going to only talk about these things which is fun that's the the choice i get to make as a podcaster hey it's mine anyway i'm i'm only asking three questions that matter and the first one is how has adventure played a role in your life <laughs> and you know what we knew that what's <laughs> fun and of course i get to i get to think on that on repeat every time too um, I, I love that question because um, adventure plays a role in everybody's life. And, and, I, and I was having this discussion on a coaching call with somebody yesterday um, about how when you, are, um, when you are struggling with something or having doubts or worrying or you're having these experiences of uh, like these negative experiences or these experiences of anxiousness, for example, um, this is a yearning for something new. This is a yearning for knowledge, for a better understanding, right? Clarity. It's a yearning for um, wisdom. And, and this is innate. This is born within people. This is uh, something that we get to experience um, that is on purpose, right? Because it allows us to there to learn, right? Mm -hmm. To to learn new things, and and what what we can call this is this desire to explore, the this desire for exploration, and people have been doing it forever, uh, diving into the unknown. You know, you know, you know our friend Will Burnett. He's Yes. He's like, I, I'm, I wonder what's going to happen if I try to run a marathon a day and break <laughs> a world record. Yeah. He's running across Australia and it's three thirty four hundred miles of running a marathon a day for double what the previous world record is amount of days. And, and I quite, I, you know, I, people like him are on another planet sometimes and 
Uh, <laughs> like we all get to be, but you have to be to, to truly be able to express yourself because what that shows me is this guy wants to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the fuck around, find out mentality. It's his way of expressing adventure and exploration. And then there's other people who dive into business for the same purposes. Like I really want to see what's going to happen if I dedicate the next 20 years to this thing or, Hey, what's over there on that, on top of that mountain. And we have this desire as human beings to reach a peak and then take a breath and then look out and say, Oh, that's the next one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. Right? And people are doing this all the time, either consciously or subconsciously. And uh, sometimes we get to do it in real life. And sometimes people are stuck on their phones doing that mm-hmm. uh, trapped in, in finding the next piece of validation, the next inst- the instant gratification. I got to learn at a young age, man, about what adventure meant because I spent my summer since I'm born, you know, taken out of New York city, put into, uh, upstate New York, where I spent a lot of time. Like we had, my family had a summer home there and I learned how to hold a gun when I was three. And that was fun, man. I got my first, uh, BB gun when I was yeah for Christmas when I'm, when I was three years old. Did you shoot and your eye out with it? No, I did. <laughs> my, my sister, I have, a, my sister shot me in the stomach. Uh, yeah i'll never let her live that down (laughs) yeah right binary language um but dude yeah so but i spent my my life my reality at home in brooklyn new york around the city where you got to hang out with kids on your block and you went to school every day and you saw the same people and maybe you know once in a while we'd take the train into manhattan or you know what we'd go visit family in new jersey and, and oh there's there's more trees here and then uh and then i'd go upstate and spend the whole summer there and we have a lake house and i get to wander the woods with my dad and learn how to shoot a bow and you know learn how to hold a rifle and learn how to start a fire and learn how to drive a car you know when i'm 7 cuz <laughs> who cares right yeah and then i'd go home back to reality you know, after that, the, what we perceive as reality and have this burning desire because I knew something was out there. And, and one of some, a quote someone said recently and had on, on my podcast, Ben Walker said, like, people go after things because we know that they exist. Yes. Right. Like the same reason Mount Everest was climbed the very first time is because Edward Hillary said, well, it's there. So might as well. Yeah. yeah, man. And so that's, it came, it came out about for me and I've been seeking this for years and I, I've grown to love bringing people <laughs> into the mountains. My, my, I brought, I started, you know, got my wife into the outdoors and now she is like obsessed, <laughs> loves everything about it. And this was years ago and I've just been so passionate about it, showing this to people. And that exploration factor though is is what drives me and and what I imagine a lot of people. What is up, everybody? I hope you were all enjoying the show. 
and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever. Yeah, it's amazing, man. You know, something you said in there really jogged something for me. So I've always described myself as a button pusher. And what I mean by that is not the way most people think of it as like pushing people's buttons, like pushing buttons in life and seeing what happens as a result, like cause and effect. And like just recently, I set a goal randomly. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do 30 podcasts. I'm going to go on 30 podcasts between now and the end of June. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's an average of like, you know, uh, about four per week that I'm going to have to do. And then plus all the podcasts I'm doing on my own two shows. And so right now I'm running an average of like eight podcast per week on average. And I started to ask myself, like, I'm constantly trying to find my edges. You know, I think I just retrans, uh, I translated mm-hmm. button pusher, a new adventure, right? I don't think I saw that as adventure, <laughs> but like that is my peak. And I'm constantly mm-hmm. figuring out new peaks. Like my peak this winter was, you know, let me work out outside all winter and see what happens. And I'm in Boston, right? And that was pretty brutal doing deadlifts in nine degree weather. Not sure if I want to do that peak again, but I did it right. And so It is this adventurous spirit, right? And I think we all have this in some innate way. And like you were saying, you know, I think a lot of times when people are having challenges in their life, it's because the adventure they're going on is one that's probably not actually filling them up. Maybe it's a scroll hole on Mm -hmm. Instagram or the new term I found for this that uh, who was I podcasting with yesterday? We traded terms. Mine scroll hole, his is scrolliosis. So (laughs) you could have scrolliosis or any of these things. And uh, as you start exploring these things and exploring life, you know, it's, it's human nature to want to explore, to want to adventure. And I tell everyone, you know, and, and I talk to my girlfriend a lot about this because sometimes like the things I'm doing, she's like, why are you doing this? Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like fun for me. Like, I don't, I know I'm not going to be here forever. So I'm not worried if I, yeah. you know, I take very good care of myself. If I 
hit a button a little too high. I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't reach the goal, but I like throwing goals out there and just seeing like, what am I capable of? You know, it's, it's a also in question. human nature too, to want to be safe and secure. And that's the, that's like the, the teeter is mm-hmm. desire to do something cool to take a risk desire for adventure, the ex- exploration factor. And then there's also the, Oh, I, f- I feel good here. I'm safe. I, I feel secure. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, oftentimes people struggle because they want to do something and they have this insecurity around it of, well, what's going to happen if I leave this thing behind and I go after this new thing, even if this thing is causing them trouble in their life, trauma. And like, I've held on to relationships too long because I had this desire to explore and I was not allowing myself to explore. And when you hold back from that, it causes um, dissonance. And it's a misalignment. What ends up happening is it's a misalignment of values. And this is part of how I, what I teach um, in my, in my course is we have to establish okay, what's actually important to me as a human being? And then how are my actions reflecting that? And when you, once you understand that, hey, like a lot of the pressure gets lifted off, the weight comes off your chest, the anxiety dissipates, the overwhelm is, is gone. And you suddenly you're in what we can call a flow, a flow state. And, and, and it's also fun because flow is usually associated with good times, you know, and enjoyment, (laughs) fun. Absolutely, man. I mean, I think flow states are, you know, a lot of reason why I do this, right? A lot of reason why I adventure, because I always say that when I wake up and I have a day that's packed, it almost puts me under the right amount of pressure where then I'm like in the zone. Cause then like, Mm -hmm. I don't have any room to have negative thoughts. I don't have any room to dilly dally. I don't have any room to get stuck on Instagram. Like I know like, okay, I'm waking up. I have this much time to do inner work. And then, okay, I can get this much more workout in, then I'm going to eat. And then I have an hour in between that and my podcast. And that'll be perfect for making cacao and all my little tips and tricks. And like, that's when I feel the most alive because I know that mm-hmm. I'm under the gun. And it's funny, man, because when I think back to even elementary school, I would wait always until the night before the book report was due. And then I would bang it out and I would have a problem with it. Yeah. And <laughs> in writing programs now and coaching and all these things, podcasts, right? Like writing intros and outros. I love doing it right before the show because number one, then I'm connected to it right when I'm getting into the flow yes. of the podcast. But number two, if I have four days to do it, and I have all the time. It just doesn't really hit the same way. Like I'm not as motivated to do it. And so it's a very interesting thing. And I don't know if everyone has this. I have no idea. I imagine you would know more and working much more with people in this manner. But I know for me, that's how I work better. And it's funny yeah. because in school, they always told you like, don't wait till the night before. And I understand like, why they might say that, but at the same time, none of us are, are alike, are alike in a lot of different ways, right? Like we're similar, but we're also very different. And so it's like, how do you distinguish this difference in you and then own it and ensure that it's like actually the way that you're supposed to be or not supposed to be, but the way in which you're going to be able to access power zones. It's fascinating. You're going into a rabbit hole, man. And I love it. <laughs> and, and what, what actually, and, and I'm, I'm really happy we get to talk, man, because mm. uh, we get to explore ideas and this is awesome. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of my own uh, beliefs around this topic, this converse, this uh, concept, and also um, a lot of experience and understanding and have put in some research Mm. and what you're describing. And I'm, I'm really 
fascinated by this, the power of scheduling shit out literally for me down to the minute. And I, I know of, um, I've read somewhere that Elon Musk does the same thing. He plans his day in five minute intervals Mm -hmm. where, you know, we're taught to do it in hour blocks or big chunks, which is valuable too. Um, And this is my whole uh, gripe and what drives a lot of my mission toward making some change into the education system. You know, when I went to school, I went to a Catholic school and I remember being put into this box because, mm. hey, you, you got to sit at this desk. You have to wear these clothes, these these shoes. You show up at this time. And and I I get the need for structure. The, the, the uniform helps us all relate better, creates community. That's how you create, create a culture. Right. OK, I, I, I know that now. <laughs> and but but the problem was, you know, hey why does that kid get someone to sit next to him? Right. Or why does that kid take a, a different bus? Mm-hmm. And granted, there are some serious mental disabilities, right? Psychological um, disabilities, neurological dysfunction that, that does occur, unfortunately. And, and then there's also the subtleties like ADHD, for example, which is what I was told, <laughs> told I had. Um, and, and a lot of, and what I noticed is the commonality between people with ADHD, they all get told the same thing. Hey, you've got a lot of potential. If you just apply yourself, <laughs> um, you, you need to focus. Like these are just really great projections. I used to hear um, you really need to focus. Why can't you focus? We're, we're talking about this thing. Why are you doing that? <laughs> and, and what I found is the way that people with, that diagnosis, which is just their, their decision, right? That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the psychological norm would diagnose that and reference these uh, phenomena as, as a problem, right? As out of ordinary, right? Not part of the normal because the part, the normal is the kids that do what they're told because the education level matches their, where they're at, their level of thinking. With me, for example, and hey, I've recognized everyone that I've met that's been quote unquote a projector based on human design also has signs of what people would call ADHD. They also experience some anxiety in social situations and things like that. So this is psychologically connected, which is all right, either environmental, genetic, or what you put in your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I realized is, well, what if we created a school system that actually met kids where they were at similar to how you coach someone like, and this is, I, you know, I'm a father now and I've read a ton of books on parenting and on, um, and all, Hey, I've also been a coach for the last 15 years in some capacity, guiding people down a path of learning something. And so what I recognize is, well, I don't need to be taught in the same way you need to be taught sometimes, or, I, I can exist outside of this structure that that you get to live in. And that's the beautiful thing is everyone gets to exist on their own planet, on their own plane, yes. uh, because we are unique. Like you said, we all have our own wiring. And as you start to dive deeper into this, there's the archetypes. There's even levels to leadership, like what style you use. Some people are 
absolutely servant leaders. And those are like Mother Teresa's and Gandhi's and they have millions and millions of followers. And then there's people who are dictators and they both have the same qualities. They're expressing it in different ways. And that's a matter of your upbringing. And it's a matter of your education and the culture and all of these things, the environment. This stuff is so um, important. It's really important because we are, um, we're in a position now and where I imagine we're around the same age, Mm -hmm. 31, turning 32. I just Um, turned 31. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. You too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We're in a unique position because the future is coming faster than it was 20 years ago. So at an accelerated rate and we have to keep up, you know, whereas our parents and their parents got to experience life at a slower pace. Mm. So it's up to us to figure out how to adapt fast, man, real fast. Yes. And I feel like, you know, if uh, maybe I'm biased, but I feel if there's any person in human design that can do this really well, it's projectors because we love like being out of the norm. Right. And I love that you brought up the whole school analogy, because what I've always wondered is why teachers are so quick to say you need to focus or you need to do this or you have ADHD rather than thinking maybe I'm a boring teacher. Maybe the subjects being taught are not actually interesting. Right. Maybe I need to rechange my way of teaching because at the end of the day, if you have 20 kids in that class and let's say 19 of them are just like kind of there. Right. And I'm not saying I'm not dissing or judging, but they're like, they're just falling in line and they're fine with that. And you have one that's standing out. Me, if I was a teacher, I would measure my success as a teacher of being able to get that one kid to pay attention. Right. And so that's what I would base it off because I would know that those other 19 kids are there. They're, they're studious. They're hanging out. They're going to enjoy anything I teach, but what does that one kid enjoy? And I think if we, we start looking at society more like that, where, you know, that's exactly how I felt. And I imagine why we run our own businesses, right? Because I realized real quickly, I don't like being told what to do. I hate feeling like I know what's best for a company I'm working for, but yet it's falling on deaf ears. That like was mm-hmm. like with other people, I would talk to like other friends, especially in work at the dispensary. And they'd be like, yeah, it's whatever. And I'm like, I cannot go to sleep at night thinking about this stuff. Right. And it was like, I couldn't hold my tongue. And that's how I've been my whole life. Like, if I don't like something, I'm going to tell someone I don't like it. And I'm never going to force myself to do it. And it's Mm. made for a very awkward fit into this world because everyone's kind of like, can't you just play along? And I'm like, no, I can't. Right. And so it's interesting. That's it. It's just playing along. That's all it is. And and we and we get to choose. And and it's a fascinating thing when you get to when you see someone realize that they have like options in their life. And they can no longer live this way, like that, that they're living in uh, either a fear state or a stress state, or they're just stuck. And when someone realizes, wait a minute, there's something, there's another way to do this. Like I could go through the, I could take the back door or <laughs> like I could make a U-turn and go that other, make that turn that I missed met over there. But people are in an assum- assumption that what's required is forward. And only, and only this way. Well, I decided on this when I was 17, that this is what I was going to do forever. So now I have to stick with it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and dude, like if you do that, well, yeah, you'll get really good at one thing. You'll get really happy. You'll you'll feel really safe and secure doing that thing. And then, and and honestly, we're at a stage and like the future is coming, man. Like you'll be outgrown out or outperformed and outpaced either by a computer or by someone who is willing to adapt or willing to mm-hmm. change. And, and it is a matter of desire when it comes to those teachers, when it comes to people, a matter of 
awareness and then desire to change, desire to challenge themselves to do something different. The, the teachers who allow themselves to explore and to be curious will find a way to help that student. Whereas the teachers who are stuck, who feel um, this is all they can do, um, who are bound by binary language in what they believe to be true about their craft, about their knowledge, meaning, well, I learned it this way. This is how we do it. This is the only way. There's, n- there's no other options, right? They're going to say, well, the book says I got to put that kid in the corner. Mm-hmm. So, and, oh, and then I got to treat him like shit and like he's different from the other kids instead of treating him like a person. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm thinking too slow and I got to keep up with this kid because that's what's really happening. And I've experienced this um, in a lot of business partnerships and relationships. Like I've got shit figured out before you even open your mouth. Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes it, that it's as close to right as we're going to get right now. And now we just need to figure out the, the holes that's met with a lot of conflict <laughs> because you get, a, you get sometimes you get attached and hey, the ego comes in, man. And you're like, well, I'm right. You're wrong. So mm-hmm. get out of my way. Or that's <laughs> it. Like we um, definitely haven't, I've had an all or nothing like sort of mindset for a long time, but it's really valuable to look at this and say, well, what can I do better right now? Mm-hmm. Or, and this is the beauty of coaching really high level coaches that I've gotten to know and work with and, and, and mentor is they do this really well. They meet people where they're at. And then if there's something they don't know how to like figure out, they go and learn how to do that or they go and find the solution because we can learn things faster than they can. So let me go learn this thing in, in 10 minutes that, it would take someone else three weeks or I could, I can master a skill in about nine months that would otherwise take someone else like five or six years to figure out mm-hmm. because I have the ability to immerse. And right? you have the ability to assess, right? Like, assess, like question or obsess, like obsess about things, yeah, right? Like, obsess. like I always say that if I allowed my competitiveness to come out in the world, I would not be liked by many people. Because yeah. it just wouldn't be fun. Like I wouldn't be a fun person to be around. So instead, I've turned it back on myself. And for a lot of years, that came at a big detriment, right? Because I would do things so much that I would end up hating them. Now mm. I have a much bigger awareness around that. And so I playfully compete with myself. So I'll be like 30 podcasts. But if I don't, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. It was a cool goal, right? I got 24. Sweet. You know, and so yeah. I set them both now as goals. But knowing that goals are subject to change and knowing that in order to be able to continue doing what I love and setting high goals for myself, I have to make it a fun process. And, you know, one of the things that you brought up is it takes like some people would say like trust, faith in themselves, but I go a level deeper and say conviction. It takes a deep knowing in yourself to be able to be this constant adventurer. And I think this is why Mm -hmm. I love plant medicine so much because I know my lane and I know that like sometimes I will fall into like, nope, my way is the right way and nothing, no one can tell me different. So I like these objective check-ins where I take a medicine Mm. and sometimes get absolutely rocked and realize I'm like, well, I guess I didn't know anything. And what I've come to realize is that I don't know anything. And yet (laughs) 
I like to believe things. And so whatever I choose to believe in that moment about myself, I can run with, I can create a reality around that. But I think mm. that, you know, when you're, when we're talking about people like us that are projectors or whatever you want to say, just not even go-getters because go-getters are many different types of people. And, you know, people don't have to be like this, but people that like do not fit into the typical societal paradigm, right? Put it that way, that are, you know, the kind of like, can't you just online? Exactly. <laughs> what I've always, dimensional explorers. Yeah. What I've said is like wanderers of the wide, wide world, you know, where like yes. I have questions that like need answering. And this is part of the one line in human design, the investigator. Like I want to know everything about everything, knowing full well now that I won't ever know anything about anything, but I'll still mm-hmm. search, right? Because the search is the fun part. The journey of it is the fun part, not actually the knowing because the knowing could change. You could say something right now that totally changes and revolutionizes my life. But if I knew what I knew before you said that, then I would just not even hear it. So that's mm-hmm. why I've realized that like, no, if I actually want to be the adventurer and be the explorer of this world, I need to not know anything, but choose to believe what I believe up until this point, because belief systems are subject to change. And so it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. man. And when you are detached from belief, you get to be present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, it's a, such a self-limiting factor in your life is beliefs mm-hmm. whether or either direction of like believing something is good or bad or that's subjective anyway yeah but just belief in general because it negation acknowledge does not allow room for uh expansion mm-hmm. it's i i just wrote about this this morning in an email every human mind has the ability to expand and and sometimes you know i've heard i wasn't told this but i've heard this about other people or other people have said this about themselves. Like, you know, I have a, I can't think as like that, or I can't learn more than I know now. Like that's a lot for me to learn or I'm slow or, you know, this is the way that I learn things like that. You get it. Um, Mm -hmm. But realistically, and this is the the magic is when when we're all born, we're the same structure then, then there's the genetics that are applied. And I've, I've studied a bunch about this because I'm just curious. Mm. There's genetic variation in everything. And okay, how that expresses is in, okay, what color is your skin? How long are your fingers? Uh, do you grow hair in this place or not? Uh, <laughs> or mm-hmm. what color, what color is that hair? And, you know, how do you, how do you make a shape with your mouth when you're saying a word? Do you have tenden- there's And then there's the tendencies to do certain things. And the tendencies are a byproduct of your upbringing, your environment, your beliefs over time about what things are supposed to look like. And you form that when you look at someone when you're like two years old and you're like, well, I guess that's what I should do. Right? <laughs> like, oh, he's standing up proudly. I guess that's how I should stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, realizing like I, I am leaving such an impression on my son now. And he's seven months old. I, I make sure I'm doing things very meticulously. Um, and also di- varying, like showing that there's, there's, there's options, you know, and it'll subconsciously ingrain, but what ends up uh, happening with these genetic expressions, this variation in people is it starts to, make us believe things about ourselves that aren't actually true mm-hmm. when in the, when, when in reality, we are biological like functions, our brains all function the same, which means we can learn at the same speed <laughs> sometimes there's 
some imbalance in what gets used first, right? Some people are born with like a lower, less sensitive default mode network, <laughs> right? So they're able to um, tap into certain things that other people would miss. Right? That's a legitimate thing. And hey, take some LSD and you'll experience that, mm-hmm. right? If you've never done it. And you can also do the same thing with some breath work or meditation. Um, and so there's tools to manipulate the, the genes in a way, the gene expression, epi- epigenetics. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the real problem here is uh, that we shape beliefs and those come about from our parents and our teachers or that one kid in, in high school that teased you about something or something dumb like that. And, and you, you get to look back on this man now at 30 something years old. And you're like, Oh, it's funny. <laughs> Especially if you've done the work, man. And like, you've gone, gone out on some journeys and you can look objectively at yourself and say, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you used to believe this and that's hilarious. You know, it's funny, man. Like <laughs> I think for, I think the, one of the biggest challenges is people not only believe in things, but thinking that belief systems can't change. Right. Because again, it's kind of like you start life as the computer. Then at a certain point, you realize you're the person on the computer. Then at a certain point, you realize you can take the computer apart and actually put it back together in any way Ooh. you want and upgrade the Ram, you know, change out the fans, everything. And then at a certain point, you realize that you can actually change the wireless systems in your house that affect the computer. Right. And so there's these different levels of stepping mm-hmm. back and becoming the witness. And, you know, that's what's been so powerful for me is realizing that every single thing about your life is a belief system, even mm-hmm. the belief that we age as we get older. Right. That as our yeah. year <laughs> increment goes up, we must break down. We don't think about these like really deep belief systems. Like it's so obviously like if you think you're a winner or a loser, right, like that belief system is easier to see. But like the levels to think that like green is green. Do we really believe that? Is that objective? Well, no, because some people are colorblind. So what is that, right? Is it just the the physiological imbalance or is it that we actually, someone said that's green and that's what green looks like. (laughs) And then we should get, we see green on a paper and we go, oh, that's what green is. And so our brain just goes, that's what green is. And we never question it. And that's why when we take plant medicines, all of a sudden people start hearing colors and tasting sounds and all of these things, things called uh, synesthesia, right? Mm. And that proves to me anyway, that's what, again, I choose to believe, right? That, that everything is a belief system. And so you meet these anomalies, right? Of these people who, yes, they take good care of themselves, but also why do they even take good care of themselves? Because they believe they have a say in how they age, right? So they're already believing just by their actions. Uh, and then therefore their actions are more powerful versus the people that go to the gym because they think they're weak and they need to become stronger. Well, guess what? They're always going <clears> to <throat> feel weak, even if they have a six pack and chiseled abs and whatever else, right? They're still going to believe they're weak because it's the belief system underneath. But if you go into the gym believing you can become anything you want, dude, <laughs> the world's your oyster. <laughs> and and when 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 you know I worked in the, the fitness industry, man, for so long uh, in different capacities, and when I would talk to clients, people that were going to the gym, they all had a reason, a reason why you know why I'm working out. And it was usually, and this is a, you know, this is a hard thing, right? To reckon with is usually your reasons why are actually not yours. They are someone else's and they are for someone else. Mm-hmm. They're not for you. They're to feel validation or to feel um, like you can fit into something. 
And so like, that's a, that's a belief that you have, like you, the belief that you need to fit in like with a group or belief that you need to be a certain thing for someone or the belief that you need to be healthier than you are right now, because the doctor told you, Hey, you're, you got to lower your A1C or you got to, uh, you know, cut some body fat. And, and when people believe these things, they go and take action, right? So they're doing it already, whether, and, and, you know, it's funny. And, and here's, here's the thing, man, we are the observers right now. We're looking on this, this thing and talking about this storyline, this, uh, um, this narrative that's possible about other people. And it might be a reality for some people. And also it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, that's the beauty of it. It's like, we can just talk about this and, and contemplate and then go about our lives and, and go do, do the same thing about another topic. Yes. Where just keep, just keep exploring and learning. And it's a, it's a really valuable tool to be able to, to step outside of yourself, to step outside of an environment we call it detachment in, in leadership training because as a as a leader of a group, especially in I, t- I take people into the mountains and we do some difficult things that are potentially deadly, right? You, so you need to be able to detach from yourself, your emotions, your desires, your own beliefs in order to achieve a desired outcome. And and the whole art of leadership is in how you are able to motivate people. And include people and direct people toward a desired outcome. Mm. And so it's not yours. It's not yours to, to, to decide. You're only like a vessel. Um, <laughs> you're passing through this, this energy. You're directing energy, essentially. And we know we can do that <laughs> with ourselves. We can make a decision. Hey, I'm going to go do this thing right? Now I'm moving my attention, my energy, sometimes my money, my focus, my health toward a, toward a, an outcome, like raising a kid. That's a, that's something we can do. And then you can rise up a little bit, look around and say, well, I could, maybe I could get a babysitter one day a week. (laughs) And then maybe I can get uh, someone to do my grocery shopping for me. Right. So I could spend more time here and then maybe and, and you start to separate and detach because it's it becomes more about the the desired outcome, the goal, the mission versus the individual's like experience. one beliefs, experience, emotions um, and emotions are so powerful because we can create them. Right. It's a beautiful thing we can create. You ever have fun. Right. You ever have a good time. <laughs> You created that good time, man. Yeah, it, it it happens on purpose or not. It's just going to happen, you know. One hundred percent. And you know, I think what we're speaking to too. You know, I wrote down this little note of you know yeah. the adventure of belief, right? Like that's what we're diving into in this subject. And uh, I'm not a religious person, yet I know a good line when I hear it, right? And I think what we're really mm. embodying right now is the the traits of the child, right? Which is curiosity, imagination. And what does the Bible say? If you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must first enter the mind of a child. Because when you realize that you can imagine whatever reality you want, not just be imagined, but actually be the imagination, which are two different Mm. things. Most people are being imagined, right? Where literally they're not imagining any of their own reality. They're being told what the world is and no judgment. I've been there too, right? But when you realize that actually to get the experience of life you want, it's not so much about looking external, but it's about going internal and actually 
diving in and doing the quote unquote work, which is what the argument is for the work. It's like, hey, do you want to be the happiest and you've ever been and have no one be able to pull you out of that? Well, then you must do the inner work, right? Because the outer work is just going to keep focusing on the external reality. And your external reality is just a projection of your internal reality. And so to be able to tap into imagination, curiosity, dreamland, all of these things is the ability to detach yourself from the herd mentality, actually look around and go, how does this actually line up with what I want my life to be? Because we know that like, there's no right or wrong in life. Duality is something made up in the mind. Yet at the same time, the mind can be a liberating device and tool if we choose to look past the limitations of it. Like this is bad. This is good. This is mine. This is yours. That's where the mind falls into this thirst trap. And if we get past that thirst trap, we can actually realize that, oh, actually all of that is just made up. Is it a bad flavor of ice cream if you don't like strawberry and I do? No, (laughs) it just means that it happens to be my flavor of ice cream and not yours. That's like a saying I go throughout life. I'm like, is this my flavor of ice cream? Do I like this? Or am I just being told to like it because someone else is telling me to like it? And maybe I will like it, but I have to actually ask myself, am I liking this because I like it? Or is it just because someone else is going, dude, you're going to love this and then do that? Because I do that a lot. I recommend things to people and I go, dude, you're going to love this. And then I always catch myself and go, I love it. You might love it. Tell me what you honestly think, you know, because I, I realize I'm, like, I'm curious to see yeah. what you think. Yeah, yeah, because I don't want to project my reality and take that uh, power away from someone because then that becomes force. And we see that in leadership, yeah. right? There's a difference between power. You can do anything you want versus force. You're going to do exactly what I tell you. There's a difference there, right? One comes from the source of everything and one comes from the lack of everything. And it's so powerful that it's projected outward. It's so interesting, too, that the same... As- essentially the same quality can be expressed in different ways. And we can think about it in terms of, of, in, of our, our influence over other people, right? There's ways we can influence people. That's a, this, there's, that's a fact. There's books written about this. It's like mm-hmm. psychologists do it. Hypnosis is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Auto suggestion is a, is a thing, right? Our body can tune to other people like uh, like musical instruments a lot of times and it's a beautiful thing but that's the di- there's a dichotomy in in this like we can have a, a leader someone who has influence over other people and on one side right the the virtuous leaders that are guiding people in a direction of good well they're influencing toward something better and that makes it for them for the people for the mission for the outcome for the purpose and then on the other side there's the selfish side the the one who's the leader whose ego is taking over whose shadow is really repressed and that's the leader who is manipulating people to bend to their will so they can receive so they can get mm-hmm. and and what i've reckoned and i've been both for mm-hmm. sure, because we all get to experience this on a spectrum at times. And I wanted to be a business owner. So I chose to be a leader. I chose to have employees and I chose to do things with malintention, with the desire to receive something like, oh, I'm for money, right? For greed, greed purposes, right? And we we all have this at times like, hey, I, I really need money. We just need to make money. Like we mm-hmm. we have this stress that's causing us to think that. And then when I recognized like I would where in my leadership and where in my life I was doing that, whether it's with my employees or my family or my friends, because I found myself doing it in different ways with different people. 
I was able to check in and, and actually say to myself, well, am I doing this for, for me or am I doing it for them, for this greater thing? And, and when you get to do that, man, when you get to do, do something for a person for the sake of doing it, to, to literally watch them smile or see them discover, like the, the, the emotion of discovery in a person is a fascinating thing to watch, to experience when someone has like an aha moment. I see it. I see it when I'm coaching, when people literally say, holy shit. <laughs> or <laughs> when, when we're on a, when we're on a, a hard climb and we're about to get the, to the summit of a mountain and we finally turn that last peak and they can see the, the, the top and they get there and they take a breath and they look out and they're like, and I, I can feel the like pulsating energy off of them at, in that moment. That's just like, hey, oxytocin just flooded. Some adrenaline just came in and this person is elated. And I, I have like a warmth in my heart <laughs> when that happens. Yeah, it's, nice thing. it's powerful, man. And, you know, especially, you know, for men, I think what you were describing so perfectly there is the idea of the hero versus the king. Because the hero mm-hmm. is the synonymous with the king, but a child archetype. I watched this show recently called The Last Kingdom. And after I read King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, and then I was watching that show at the same time, I all of a sudden started to see all these archetypes play out where I could see that like King Arthur's son who took over and was king after was much more of the hero. So what he would do is he would get his ego in the way and he would go, I want to win this battle. But it wasn't to keep his town safe. It was for him to be the great king versus his father would actually like kind of sometimes seemed like a wuss because he would evade and like get away until he was sure that his community would not be crumbled if he went to battle. There are these things where, of course, in King Arthur's, you know, type of thing, his ego took a hit when he had to run into the swamp for a while and hide out while, you know, the the Vikings pillaged his castle. But he knew he couldn't win unless he joined the tribes together of, you know, what was now England. Right. And so but his son was just like, I want to be the hero. And so you see these things playing out. I'm not exactly sure what the names of the archetypes are for women, but I imagine they have something similar. But it's fascinating because I could see definitely times in my life where I've been both. And yet at the same time now, because I'm able to take back uh, my power and look and observe my life, I'm able to go, you know what? Neither is bad or good, but I know which one I choose based on which one makes me feel better. And the king makes me feel much better than the hero. Because at the end of the day, I know that if I go out there with my ego, sure, I might have some type of success, but I'm going to feel bad after, even if no one else notices what happened, because I know that's not my highest quality of being. And so now, like, this is what age does, right? You're able to look back and go, what is the impact that I want to leave on the world? How do I want people to remember me? And how do I want people around me to feel? I don't want Mm -hmm. them to feel like I'm on a pedestal and they're less than me. I want them to feel like anything I can do, you can do, right? The same stuff Jesus would say, like anything I can do, you can do better, right? Like, this kind of thing, because the best gift is self-empowerment, because to think of it a little more <clears> metaphysically, <throat> we are all the same consciousness having a different experience. And so what you do for someone else, you get in return and it works both in positive and negative ways. And so mm-hmm. now this is why I love coaching in the way where I don't give people answers. I let them find their own answers. So I heard this, uh, this thing where it was basically like, there's two types of coaches. The one who is more in the hero archetype that wants to tell their client the answer and then have their yeah. client be like, wow, my coach is so amazing. Versus the other coach who wants to be more the king archetype that allows the guides the client to their own answers. So the client goes, wow, I did that. Right. And so, yes, the coach doesn't get as much validation. But if in this sense of validation, if he's seeking it because he's actually feeling a a lack of validation in his own life from himself, then he's going to crave that. 
But I think where what people like you and I are talking about is that when you find a sense of self-validation, then when you happen to get validation from someone else, it's like someone just hands you an ice cream cone out of thin air. You're like, oh, dude, thanks, man. Like, sweet. I got this ice cream cone. I didn't need it, but I'll eat it because it's here, you know? And so I love that, man. It's such a powerful distinction. And then you're, you, you develop the ability to receive that openly and, mm-hmm. and graciously because mm-hmm. a king will receive gifts graciously, right? Yes. And be able to simply say, thank you. I'm reading, um, I'm reading a Ram Das right now. Nice. Uh, polishing, polishing the mirror. Mm. And he just is talking about this, this ability to, to receive or to treat other people as if they, you were in the presence of God. And I'm not a, I'm not a religious person, but I've been so curious about the spiritual side. Um, and that's why I'm reading this. And he des- described this story of a time he was driving on the interstate um, in New York gets pulled over by a police officer and had already put it into his mind that the police officer that was walking up to his car to give him a, to give him a ticket or whatever was a reflection of God himself or divine wisdom. And he went into that conversation with unconditional love. So imagine getting pulled over by a police officer and asking for your license and registration. And you, and you just look at them and say, sure, of course. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. How are you today? (laughs) And then, and then he just, he went on to describe how he ended up sitting, you know, sitting on the side of the car with the cop for an hour while they cried to each other. (laughs) And then he, and then he drove off and the cop was waving goodbye and, and you get, this is an amazing thing because it tells us that we can curate our experience on this earth, in this life, whatever, whatever we go into it, we put into it, we get out of it. And I've been, I've been pulled over before and been scared as shit. Same. <laughs> uh, I've been pulled over before and been confused too. Like, Hey, why did I get pulled over? Oh, well, you know, you, your headlights out. Oh man. Thank you. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I wouldn't have known otherwise. Well, yeah. I, I'm supposed to give you a ticket, but I'll let you go because I, I didn't play the victim immediately. I, I leaned into it like, oh wow, I, thank you, like thank you, like legitimately. That's g- great to know. Uh, <laughs> so you get to experience this, and that's a little micro dose of it. Um, but you can experience this with how you interact with your 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 mom and. Uh, and with your friends or coworkers and, and see what, you know, see what you can do by altering your internal environment, your internal state and, and see what projects outward. And, and I know we got to wrap this up soon. So, and I'm, I'm, I like that you, you brought up these differences in archetypes and how you, we've, we both experiences experienced different levels of, of this. Like we've been on both sides, a lot of ego, a little bit, and and for people that are listening, I imagine listeners to, in your audience at least are are they're, they're used to hearing you talk about these things. For a lot of people too, I imagine they're looking at our conversation and wondering, well, how can I get to that point? Because right now I'm so sh- stuck and frustrated, and I don't have the ability. Like I don't know what to do. Like how do I how do I step outside myself and and look at myself objectively. How do I develop self-awareness and all of these things? And 
Well, like we could teach you. That's what coaches do. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's the beautiful thing. And I, I acknowledge this. I recognized in myself that I, when I'm coachable, when I ask for help, I learn, I actually get to be able to do something better, do something different. And, and sometimes, man, you don't know what that's going to be. You have no idea like what's going to help you improve. It might be adding a new relationship to your life. It might be adding a new skill skill set to your toolbox, or um, it might be letting something else go. And sometimes it takes the objective ear, the person on the outside to look at you as a, as a person, to go into the data, right? Analyze the stories, the lifestyle, the, the, what happened w- with your dad when you were nine. And also like, what are your goals? And are these things aligned and have someone do the orchestration, right? Absolutely. That's really valuable. And the value, th- the value piece that you brought up is how you can experience different levels, different archetypes. In my, in my training, I, I teach it as identity. Like you can have multiple identities. It's a matter of choosing what you, who you are in the moment for who and for what, for what purpose. I have, a, I have a, an online course that people can run through and do this on their own, which is a really cool thing. Um, and it's, it's so simple. It's like it's six videos that you watch and you contemplate and you do a little translation work and assign and worksheet. Then you spend like a couple of days wondering how you ever lived this way. <laughs> and then you got, or, or how, how you, ne- how you haven't seen this thing in your life. And you're like, this has been here the whole time. <laughs> and then you do it again. And, and yeah, it, it compounds. And what ends up happening is you realize who you are as a person and what role you play as a leader in your life. And this is such a valuable thing is because there are leaders out there that don't even know. And it's the parents, it's the teachers, it's the people who have power to influence and they're doing it subconsciously. And that's creating a bad outcome mm-hmm. for them and for the, the receiver, the students, the mm-hmm. kids, the, the, the teams um, It's for the business owners, for the entrepreneurs, for the creatives, for the coaches too right? Who are in that mindset of, I need to tell people what I know, because that's how they're going to learn. That's like, that's how you start in coaching, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then you eventually realize, <laughs> well, I don't know shit. Yeah. I got to start asking questions. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you realize, well, it's all about the questions. Yeah. They have the answers already. Yeah. Um, so the course is uh, leadership mindset mastery. And I'll, I'll send you a link, man. I'll give your listeners 50% off. It'll be oh perfect. Really fun. It's a really fun thing. I'm proud of that, man. We'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, dude, one of the things that you pulled it together with that I love echoing is, you know, like Matt was saying, guys, you know, neither of us will be where we are if we didn't ask for help. And when we asked for help, we didn't know where the hell it was going, but we just trusted the idea that we needed help. And we started there and you can always, the journey of a million miles starts at one step. So ask for the help and trust and have faith that the help you receive mm-hmm. is going to be useful for you in some way, shape, or form. And Matt, this has been an absolutely amazing ride. Yeah. My battery is so charged. Dude. These are the conversations I love more than anything. Tell the people where they can find you, where they can connect you. Of course, we'll put it all in the show notes, but I'd love to hear it right from your mouth yeah, as man. well. <laughs> Matt, Matt G32 on Instagram, Matt underscore G32. And my website, man, that everything is there. Um, everything that I want people to see is there. That's the beauty <laughs> of it. 
uh, mysummit.academy. Um, and yes, you can have a dot academy. That is so cool. I found that amazing. <laughs> we live in an amazing yeah. time, dude. Dot me, you know, dot. I mean, they have all these different dots now, which are way cooler than dot com. I'm like, I'm not a calculator, you know, dot me, dot academy. This sounds so much cooler. Yeah. <laughs> you can get really creative, man. You That's a way to express yourself. Yes. Uh, and that's a challenge. If I can leave people with one thing today, it's it's find the thing that you want to explore and just go and do it more often, man. Whether it's stepping out into the woods, going into the mountains, picking up a guitar or picking up a pen and seeing what happens. Right. And uh, that's that's the beauty of life. You get to do that. You have Absolutely. The, the decision, the choice to. Absolutely. Thank you man. for this, too. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, Matt. And I got one more question for you, man. You might've just answered it, but I'm going to give you a chance to answer it again, right? Which is if someone listening can only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Matt Gallo suggest that change be? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's it. Um, And you allow yourself because if it's a change you're looking to make, it's, and you're not already doing it, you give yourself permission to, to experiment, (laughs) like dip your toes in the water, and, and it, it really does start with your beliefs about what is, what's, what needs to be true. Right. And your, yes. your beliefs about your experience. So that's the, that's the thing, like let, let yourself release and go and do and play and explore and see what happens. You know, I love that. It's so perfectly stated. Okay, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. When I first met Matt, I could tell he was truly embodying what he preaches. With a world full of hustlers looking to fake their way to the top, I was immediately able to tell from chatting with Matt, seeing his values and feeling his deep passion for life, that he truly lives for helping his fellow brothers and sisters evolve into the leaders the world is so desperately craving right now at our current time in history. My hope in all of you listening to this episode is that you recognize that the only thing stopping you from becoming the leader you know you're capable of becoming is making friends with your fear recognizing it as your best friend in disguise and allowing that flipping of the script of what fear is to guide you into the people, places, and things that are going to stretch your comfort zone and allow you to continue leveling up throughout your life. As a friend of mine used to say, the goal is to never peak. And Matt is a true testament to what this notion looks, feels, and acts like when embodied into physical form. And for anyone looking to get in touch with Matt to learn more about his Fit for Adventure events, his summit, and all of the other amazing things he offers in his work, make sure to check the show notes where we will be listing all of the best ways to connect with him. Matt, thank you so much for doing the important work you are doing in the world, for redefining what leadership is, and for showing that you can have a lot of fun while doing it all. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well, and much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you 
while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build-out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.